Hi there. You're listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast for APAC, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the APAC region. I'm Graeme Skipworth. I help connect businesses with top tech and transformation talent across project services. And today I'm your host. Okay, so good afternoon, everyone, and uh, welcome to the latest edition of Evolution Exchange. Today, I'm super excited to be joined by two industry-leading experts. Our discussion today is based on a topic that seems to pop up in almost every business meeting I attend recently. Our two panelists are world-class advisors in this field, and I'm honored to be part of the knowledge sharing session today. Just to get us started, I'd like to introduce both of our specialists, starting with Ms. Nidhi Chopra. Nidhi is a senior agile principal consultant for Avivo Global, operates heavily out of Europe, the UK, and here in Asia. Welcome, Nidhi. Thank you very much. I'm also pleasured to be joined by Mr. John Andrews, who is currently the agile and transformation technology lead for Accenture here in APAC. John, welcome also. Pleasure to have you both. Thank you, Graham. Hi, Nidhi. Hello, John. Thank you, uh, Graham. Honoured to be part of this conversation. Fantastic to have you both, and thank you so much for sharing some of your time. I appreciate how busy you both must be. If you haven't guessed already, listeners, our topic today is obviously Agile. Um, we're going to be looking and focusing on how businesses are building an Agile organisation. As per my introduction, uh, both Nidhi and John are senior specialists in this field, so I'm sure it's going to make for a great conversation today. Nidhi, not to put you on the spot, but uh, if it's okay, I'm going to start with you, please. You've obviously been in this specific agile focus for many, many years now, and I'm always interested to understand the difference. So how would you classify yourself at the moment? Are you an agile coach or are you an agile consultant? Uh, how are other people perceived in regards to those job titles potentially? And uh, ultimately, what is the difference? What is the difference anyway? That's a really good question to begin with. So I'd say I'm both. It really depends on the scope of work, the situation at that moment in time, and also my working agreements with the client. So consultation really is sharing the possibilities with the client, giving your perspective on what is best for them, because you, you have an experience as a consultant, you've worked with different companies, so you just come and share what are the possibilities and what they can consider as the best option. That's really what consulting is when, when we talk about Agile. But coaching, on the other hand, is more of a human activity. It is working with the client to explore their possibilities, you know, and determine so that clients can explore their own possibilities and determine what would fit their situation the most. I mean, as an enterprise coach and also a professional leadership coach, I firmly believe that everyone in today's world uh, of uncertainty has unlimited potential and have a possibility of finding their own path. So I just support the clients in exploring their path, finding their potential and uh, converge uh, and, you know, look at multiple possibilities and converge what would fit best for them. So that's really it. But it also depends, you know, some clients are very clear. They come in and say, Nidhi, we just want you to tell us what to do. While there are others who want to go on this journey and explore and iterate more. Nidhi, Fantastic. If, if I may jump in there, Graham, it's 
it's I think I it is a great question as Nidhi said at the top the you know I find sometimes I'd be really interested to hear what your view is here Nidhi and your experiences is that the word coach and the word consultant have some negative undertones uh, even pejorative in in some cases and sometimes it's not until the organization, the client, the customer, the enterprise actually understands what a coach is and what it can do for them and what a consultant is and what it can do for them, that they they don't treat those two really powerful roles with the kind of gravity that, that they hold. Do you, do you find that? Yes, absolutely. There is so much, and I, I totally agree with you, there is so much of, you know, ambiguity around a coach and a consultant uh, an agile coach and a professional coach and a mentor counselor there are so many different words that come in and there is this agile competency framework that defines all these really well but as part of my role i also you know when i work with the clients i also help the clients in bringing clarity to what these different roles are great i'm glad i'm not uh, alone with that <laughs> <laughs> I obviously within my day job, you know, come across these things quite a lot and I break it down to different organizations holding different job titles, calling different people, different things. Ultimately, I think what we're taking from there is yeah, the ability in order to adapt between roles where many hats dependent upon what your customer needs. Are they, uh, you know, grab me by the hand and pull me down this kicking and screaming because I just want to be shown how to do it? Or are they a bit more deep thought in regards to teach me? show me you know fundamentally give me the you know the, the knowledge and, and and inspire me in order to move forward with these types of things so i think yes that is a great question and thank you so much for uh, for some really good responses there guys john i'd like to sort of position the next question over to you if that's okay again agile's coming up all the time all the time along with many other buzzwords that are flying around what i'm keen to understand i'm sure our listeners are keen to understand why do organizations need to be agile why is it such a drive to push an organization down this space yeah right it's it's so much more than just a, a buzzword bingo isn't it like client centric you know agile actually means something so Look, I can't remember who actually said this, but I think it's really powerful and it's that change has never been this fast and it will never be this slow again. Just think about that, right? We're in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution, industry 4.0 or 4.0, whatever you want to call it. It's the age of software and digitalization. And, and just think about just think about what's happened in the in just the decade from 2010 to 20. 20 the the significant um transformational change that that's happened in that 10-year period smartphones you know global ubiquity now but in 2010 they were rare and when somebody did have a mobile phone they were the size of a house brick right that wasn't long ago think about um self-driving cars in 2010 they were rubbish 10 years later in 2020 you know we've got we've got all fully autonomous driverless cars buses taxis you've got waymo in in nevada in the us you've got baidu in in beijing and china fully you know driverless um public transport transport means and you know that transformational change in this in this fourth uh, industrial revolution is being fueled by tech companies 
And just think about the order of magnitude of change from just AWS, so Amazon Web Services, right? Their revenue back in 2010 was half a billion dollars, 500 million, a trifling 500 million. 10 years later, they were 90 times bigger than that in terms of revenue at 45 billion. Google went from 30 to 180 billion. Moore's law states that every 18 to 24 months, compute power is going to double. Just And that's been the case since 1975. You can imagine with that technological and digitalization and advancement, what's going to happen over the next decade from 2020 to 2030. So, you know, Graham, the answer is, you know, why do organizations need to be agile? They need to be agile to be able to adapt. They need to be adaptive organizations. They need to be adaptable organizations. Otherwise, quite frankly, they'll die. I recently, and I don't know if this is a little bit off topic, but in regards to your, you know, comments around, you know, driverless cars, etc., um, we are seeing a massive development in those areas. Just on my lunch today, I went down to one of the local places for a fruit juice, and they had already taken down three major coffee shops that I've known in the last ten years that I've been here in Singapore. And no word of a lie, they were they were replaced with robotic automated baristas. A robotic arm in the main main shopping areas of Singapore, making, serving, delivering cakes and also uh, coffees, and the audience was staggering people were looking at these things in absolute amazement um so a little bit off topic but i think you know the way that organizations are adapting and moving forward you're right you know and unfortunately sadly to say hopefully that's not the end of the human touch barista because there's nothing i love personally than going having a chinwag with my coffee guy in the mornings on the way into office as well but uh, well, you know thank you john thank you um, and yeah. anything that sort of popped up from your side in regards to john's comments yeah, i i totally echo john's um you know, John's perspective on why organizations need to be agile. There is this, you know, adaptable um, strategy that we need to define. And I think it's also a lot on time criticality. You know, from technology perspective, yes, we are heavily relying on technology moving forward. A lot is changing and there is so much uncertainty now with COVID and the war and there's so much happening around us uncertainty and complexities that are arising every day. I think that just, you know, that just makes us, you know, as a next step, we need to think on our feet and be more adaptable and not be fixed in a certain mindset or a certain way of working. And that's not it. On top of this, we have this time criticality. If you don't disrupt, someone else will come and disrupt. So that's why you need to be there um, and customer centricity, you know, rather than thinking big and thinking this is what we want to deliver, you know, keeping that time criticality in mind, taking those small steps, going out in the market, getting customer feedback. That is what we need now with everything that's happening around us. Yeah. Short cycles, build, measure, learn, build, measure, learn, build, measure, learn. That's what we want. Get that kind of feedback in there. Get it out there quick, adapt, adopt, change, get better. 
Absolutely. I mean, all, all fascinating stuff from, and again, not as not, no agile expert myself, it sounds like quite quite a competitive contact sport at the moment. You know, you've got to be in it to win it, you know, get one foot forward and get moving. Otherwise, it, it could mean large business impacts for you in, in multiple different ways from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Disrupt yeah. or be disrupted. Yeah, nitty. Disrupt or disruptive. I mean, together with this, when we talk about Agile and organizations, we also talk about learning. So one thing is for organizations to be Agile, the other thing we also say, it's about a learning organization. You're constantly learning how to navigate these situations. You're constantly learning how to find new ways of working, how to adapt. So that's another aspect of Agile that comes in when we talk about why do organizations need to be Agile. Fantastic. Um, some really great points again there, guys, and and, and thank you. Um, given what we've just discussed and the importance of, you know, adopting, embracing, implementing, driving agile in regards to your business and, and moving forward with the times, I'm quite keen to understand about how people might develop in this area. So, Nidhi, I think a great question for you here, given your experiences, especially as a coach, you know, what is the learning pathway to becoming an agile coach if people are interested, uh, A, to move that into their profession or B, um, as, a, as a business leader, you know, adopting the coaching styles and knowledge? That's indeed a really good question. So there are, I'd say there are multiple possibilities, really. When, when a company goes through transformation, there are many new roles that are created, you know especially now, you know, the roles of traditional functional managers, they're being displaced, uh, that from being a manager, you, you're being a leader. And at, at the same time, also being a doer in the team, you're not afraid of getting your hands dirty. So those traditional roles are being displaced by more active, more leading roles. Um, and that's agile role as Agile Coach role that was also created as part of the transformation. So I can probably share this in terms of my journey, how my journey has been and, you know, how I grew. That's that's a very traditional one, really. So back in 2014, I remember I was working at a financial institution in the Netherlands and we were going through a transformation and I was at IT slash test manager. That's, that's what I was doing. Um, and there was, you know, no more... Um, scope for this this role because as a, an agile team you're very self-organized you're also self-managed so to say so I was offered to take on a role of scrum master which I openly embraced and that was really the first step in my journey to become an agile coach and after a couple of years of experience as a scrum master you know lots of new learning in the field um, I was coaching multiple teams, and especially after I started Arvivo, I was also working with multiple clients. And that that was a transition from being a Scrum Master to being an Agile coach, you know. And that's that's a point also, John, pro probably you also have a perspective there, that there are duplicates, especially now, what we see more in the industry, that Scrum Master slash Agile coach. Well, if you really go in depth, that's a learning pathway that you start probably as a Scrum Master. And then once you have experience, you are coaching multiple teams, you are working, uh, you're coaching multiple Scrum Masters. That's when you are really coach. Is that what would you say about that? 
I, I agree. Um, one of the strongest routes into coaching and consultancy is absolutely to have undertaken what I call an operational agile practitioner's role. Uh, and, you know, that can be a, a scrum master or, or even a product owner. You know, if you're using scaled agile and safe, it can be a release train engineer and all sorts of exotic things like solution train engineers, you know, all those weird and wonderful um, role definitions that crop up because you you learn, you, you learn the interactions on the ground. Uh, and that's not being disparaging in any way, but you're there in amongst the troops, you're understanding what the complications are with trying to be a servant leader to your team, trying to unlearn that command and control style, trying to learn how to work with your product owner who is there as the voice of the client. You know, this is a whole learning routine that you go through. And that learning not only equips you as a scrum master to undertake your scrum mastery so much more efficiently and effectively, you're learning in such a way that you can then impart that learning as a coach down the line if that's the you know the, the the kind of role that you want to step into so yes Nidhi I 100 percent agree agree with that yeah thanks so that's so that's really typical that happened in my case you know from a scrum master after gaining a lot of experience also kept on learning in different um, more and more about agile dived deeper into what coaching really is that the next step then after working with multiple teams, being an agile coach, the next step was when I started helping enterprises and scaling their transformation efforts. So really from multiple teams to overall um, organization transformation. And that's when, you know, that's the next step in a learning pathway of an agile coach. If we were to create a three-step journey, that's what we can say is the third step because that requires further knowledge and experience in either business domain or transformation domain. And at that stage, an agile coach may work or an enterprise coach, whatever you want to call it, may work with senior leaders um, and a bit more on coaching experience on how to work with people um, also work, you know, can support you in your growth and learning path. Do you know what? Becoming a, a powerful agile coach and consultant is in itself an agile process, yeah. right? You're learning. It's continuous, relentless improvement and continuous learning all the way through. And every customer that you come across is special. Every single one of them is special. They're all unique. They're all unique on the planet. And that may well be the case. Uh, and your learnings in each engagement uh, are an incredible journey to get that richness of experience and expertise that you can then build upon and, and help um, help your client on, on their journey to true agility. It's it's quite a it's quite a powerful um, role to to occupy. Yeah, absolutely. And really glad, uh, glad, Graham, that you asked this question. And I think the message we want to convey here with this is that when a in any company, when transformation happens, lots of roles are being displaced and new roles are being created, as John mentioned, RTE, solution lead, you know, uh, journey manager, channel manager, depending on what route you're taking and how your company is, lots of new roles are created, being created. That can cause, you know, some disappointment in certain people, but the message really would be 
uh, is to, to embrace this change, to see this as an opportunity to learn and grow and move forward. You know, that's really the message we are trying to give. I think, you know, one of the things that I've certainly taken from these answers, and again, thank you to both of you. Um, in my day-to-day -day job, I see this word on everybody's CV. But what I'm taking from the discussions with you two experts is that in order to really adopt this and, and be a world thought leader in this space, it really is a passion. Uh, and you know something that you adopt yourself because A, you're super interested in, and B, see the benefits, and D, believe it really does feel quite passionate in regards to the answers. So, you know, guys, thank you again. Um, thank you. Um, John, on a similar topic, and I know we'd sort of looked at, you know, why do organisations need to be agile as, as our first, sort of first prompting questions, but um, typically agile, what, five-letter word, but very broad term. What I'm keen to understand is, uh, you know, what is your definition, John, given your role and experiences? Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, that actually highlights, spotlights, whatever the word is, uh, one of the challenges that, that we have. Um, you know, the word agility or agile or agilist is misused in, in almost every context. So it's really important to have that North Star. So running the, the business agility practice here for Accenture in, in APAC, um, it's important that we anchor to a to a single message in terms of what business agility is you ask 20 people you get 35 different answers for sure so business agility for us is an organization's ability to to react and respond uh, rapidly and effectively rapidly and effectively to any manner of change um, and we just tag on to that in order that they can not only survive but also thrive and that change can be anything you know it's environmental economic financial wars that Nidhi you know mentioned earlier on global pandemics technological technology changes it doesn't matter but that ability to change rapidly and effectively in in the um, context of of those um, rapid in of those immediate changes is is um, is the is the key to survival and, and thriving in in your business and you know just think about you know, you mentioned you, quite coincidentally, Graham, your coffee shops. Um, I'm going to take that example forward just a little bit. Uh, here in Singapore, we refer to the to the restaurant industry as F and B, um, food and beverage. And I'm sure each and every one of us, you know, two years ago, as the global pandemic was was just uh, was just setting fire, um, had some popular restaurants that we. Uh, that we've patronized, patronized, whatever the word is, right? And unfortunately, some of those restaurants, I'm absolutely sure, died. But some of them didn't, right? Some of them, all of a sudden, within a small number of weeks or even days, actually had an online presence. So you could order online. They didn't have that before. Those same or different restaurants actually set up tables in the car park outside their uh, establishment where you could go with zero touch and pick up your food items that, that were there in a pseudo delivery kind of, you know, pick up and go um, situation. And they didn't do that the day before or the week before. Those companies pivoted. They adapted to the immediacy of change just like that and they survived. 
And you can bet your bottom dollar almost that every one of those companies that transition to an online presence and enabled uh, enable click and collect or whatever you want to call it are actually thriving today. So, you know, that's that's what being an agile business is about. Yeah, I'll, I'll draw I'll draw a soft line under it there. I, I um John, I can relate to it so much. You're absolutely right. The F&B industry here and I'm sure in, in multiple other world locations has been impacted hard. Uh, I certainly lost a few of my favorite eateries due to these things. And, you know, it, it's it's certainly certainly an unpleasant experience. Um, and um, what has led from other discussions I've had with thought leaders around these as well, and something we made want to discuss in another session at another time, of course, is, um, you know, what is the difference or uh, how do we use agile and um, how transformation to advise the, the SME? outside of organizations that have got multi-billion dollar turnovers and can afford major you know management consulting firms to come in and either as i said earlier drag them down that road or advise them on how to do so best practice and um, and i do get a lot of interest in people at a very senior level like yourselves showing interest in what about the little guy or the little girl um maybe another uh, great topic at another time um be great to get your thoughts on that obviously offline Nitty, any immediate thoughts on that topic at all or comments? Um, yeah, I mean, so we've, we've been talking about business agility, which is, which is, you know, uh, completely, I echo John's, um, uh, John's response, but I have to think of a, um, a time many, many years ago, because when we talk about agile and just agile, I see it is more as a mindset. You know, for me, agile is a mindset. It's a mindset of being open to change, a mindset to be comfortable around uncertainties, mindset to be adaptive, mindset of taking small steps and celebrating those small steps while keeping that bigger goal in mind. And that brings me to many years ago my, with my son. He was seven years old in, 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 uh, in a school in Singapore. And... Um, I was being very firm on a certain way in, in and you know in, in how we do, do things in family and he said to me mom have you ever heard of growth mindset <laughs> wow <laughs> touche <laughs> i think i do that as part of my bread and butter it's like mom yes we do that at work but why can't you do that at home <laughs> <laughs> that was a big eye-opener for me and thought, okay, things can be different, you know, it, it's never set in stone. You always need to adapt, see what the surroundings are, and especially in a family situation, your children are probably your customers, so to speak. So you need to, once again, change your parenting style, adapt and grow to what fits you know, best for that. Great example of train the trainer, I think, just happened there. <laughs> Never too young to be agile. Exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, obviously, we've looked at the benefits, why organisations should be, what are the paths in regards to these types of careers and development. Um, I'm sure, again, we could have a million answers to this, but... Um, Pretty keen to understand, and I'll throw this out to both of you. There must be some form of major challenges or implements that are going on at the moment that you you guys are seeing in your day-to-day, week-by-weeks. Really keen to understand what they might be as the main challenges and, and ultimately what our listeners are looking to hear are and, and how can they be addressed. 
Sure. Nidhi, would you like to blaze a trail? <laughs> okay, I'll try. So um, what I see currently in current trends, what I see more coming from clients are, you know, scaling. We're good at team agility. We've achieved every company has, you know, a scrum team or an agile team working. There are lots of companies where they have multiple agile teams working, but are those agile teams talking to each other? Are they working as a network team? And if they are, are we, have we scaled it up um, to, you know, from team agility to enterprise agility, where it means that majority of the organization is working in an agile way. There will be exceptions, of course, because not everyone can work in agile. It depends on the nature of business. It depends on the field of work, uh, but really designing what it is and for your organization, you know, that's where, you know, a lot of organizations are facing a challenge at the moment. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I'd add, I'll add, I'll add two things, if I may. Um, and as you said, Graham, and this is why Nidhi and I are employed, all right, because there are a myriad of obstacles, challenges, gotchas, minefields, you know, the, the whole lot. Um, and that's why we exist, so we can help navigate and negotiate those things. But the two that really rise to the surface for me are, number one, organizational silos. So organizations are traditionally built around vertical functions. You, you think about your traditional business and most of the companies on the planet are traditional businesses in terms of the way they operate. You have your marketing, you have your commercial, you have HR, you have engineering, you have IT. And, and guess what? Two things. The first is those organizations that are structured that way actually optimize. How do they optimize? Well, they optimize vertically. You know, your head of marketing cares about how marketing operates. So all of the strategy and plans and road mapping and optimization and continuous and relentless improvement initiatives, actions and activities are all related to marketing. Guess what? The same for commercial, just about commercial optimization. And then that brings you into the point, which is the second one. How do organizations actually work? Organizations work horizontally, not vertically. So let's go back to those that restaurant scenario, you know, those pivots that need to happen rapidly and effectively in the light of emergent or immediate change. Those very same organizations that are structured vertically but operate horizontally have to quickly change. People, process, systems, tools. Just imagine how difficult that is in a larger organization, even a smaller organization that's vertically siloed, okay? Because an agile way of working, true business and enterprise agility is, as Nidhi said, you know, you have cross-functional teams. They're long-lived. They're self-organizing. They're self-managing. You have uh, decentralized decision-making. You're breaking down the command and control um, barriers. You're arranged and organized around value. You're collaborating and coordinated, synchronized and aligned. That's all anathema to a vertically orientated business. So that's the challenge, is to actually transform to being that cross-functional, high collaboration, self-organizing, et cetera, et cetera, team. The second one is, just very quickly, if I may, um, 
let's call it leadership uh, inertia. Um, so first of all, ignoring or putting the proverbial head in the sand that there's a burning platform. But perhaps worse still is if if change is accepted, you know, and it, it's a bit like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, you've got to stand up and say, I am an alcoholic before change actually happens and you go on some kind of remediation program. I'm not speaking from experience, by the way. Um, then it's you have to admit that change is required. So just think about that from a leadership perspective. Leaders who are, are, are you know, can be risk averse in the main. They don't want to upset um, their career or, or their reputation. So they aren't that um, inclined to actually go through ev a revolution rather than an evolution. That's the kind of inertia uh, and change management that transforming to an agile enterprise actually requires. And leaving that behind or ignored or not touched enough can ruin an agile transformation. I mean, Nidhi mentioned mindsets, right? So uh, an organization doesn't do agile, an organization becomes agile, okay? You don't do agile, you become agile and operate in an agile way. And that's, that's behaviors, cultures, mindsets. And our leadership, a company's leadership are in such an influential position that again, break down those command and control structures, you know, create an environment that's founded in, in trust where employees can thrive. We talk about knowledge workers having autonomy, mastery and purpose. We hired these people from what they said to us in an interview and what's on their CV and their career history. We believed it, they come into work and then we put our arms around them and we stop them. We put our, hand, their, our hands on their heads and we stop them from thriving. It's not a trusted environment. So let them let them have the autonomy and to be empowered to, to drive and, and, and deploy and employ the skills and expertise that they have. Let them master something and let them have purpose. And that purpose could generally be in terms of being able to deliver something. There's nothing more frustrating than not being able to deliver something. You're on a program for 18 months, two years, and at the end of it, it's late. The quality is poor. It's over budget by three times, et cetera, et cetera. How demoralizing is that? In an agile way of working, you're constantly delivering and demonstrating and showing value add. I think very, very strong point there, John, and thank you so much. Um, once again, I, I experienced this day in, day out, speaking with you know both our candidates and our clients. Change is always, and I'm sure always will be a challenge. Um, not everybody will always agree on everything, and um, you know certain organisations do go to market to attract people who are better than those. But unfortunately, like you say, clip their wings and 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 won't let them fly due to the fact of several different reasons. Which again, I'm sure we could go on about for many, many, many hours. Uh, thank, thank you both again. Um, I appreciate now I'm taking up quite a lot of your time. I think the content so far is absolutely fantastic. Um, I do have one last question, which I think, you know, it'd be great to get both of your uh, both of your thoughts on. Um, Nidhi, you and I know through multiple channels, you're a very, very successful agile coach. What's next? What's next for Nidhi Chopra and what's next for Aviva Global? So what's next? I think now I'd say, I mean, where I am now and where Arvivo is, it, it's been a beautiful and long journey. It had its own unique struggles. 
Uh, there were lots of difficult situations. There were tough choices I had to make throughout my career and, you know, primarily working in highly complex environments, setting up my own business, multiple relocations, you know, lived in Singapore, lived in the Netherlands, Indian background, uh, balancing family life with career and my international exposure has given me experiences that I believe many women can relate to. We all go through the same journey. So as the next step, I really want to dedicate some more time and mentor more women uh, who are, you know, uh, experiencing the same struggles as I did, who want to balance their family life and still have a thriving and flourishing career. Uh, women who are ambitious and are not ready to give up. So as a next step, I've recently launched an initiative named MAPA, which is Mentoring and Coaching for Ambitious Women, um, really to just give back to society and, you know, use my coaching experience and mentoring experience in Agile to work with women and help them and support them um, to rise uh, in their career. I think a, a very honourable way of uh, of moving forward and happy belated International Women's Day, by the way, um, uh, which I believe was a, a global yesterday. So uh, good to see you fighting that side. John, uh, what are your thoughts, sir? Yes, well, mine will probably pale into insignificance and, you know, when put next to the Niddy's uh, brilliant response there. Um, look, we, we are just scratching the surface of transforming the world to, to work in a, in a, in a more um, adaptive, adaptable, um, agile way. Uh, as you said at the top, um, you, you have to, one has to believe in it. It's not just a set of new diagrams, new roles, new definitions, new pictures, a few new mechanics. It, it is a way, okay? And it's a way that demands change. It demands difference. It demands unlearning. Uh, and that's why we are at the very start of this journey, because all of that is hard. It really is hard. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> as I say, uh, you know, becoming, Agile is, is not an event, it's a journey and it's probably a perpetual journey. All you need is one perturbation in that system at any time to upset everything. You can have the most humming agile operating model on the planet and then there'll be an environmental change. It may well be a person, it might be a technology, it, it doesn't matter. Something will come along that just drives everything to a halt. It needs constant evergreening if you like. So, so yeah, I'm a firm believer in it, as you, as you can probably tell. I, I think it is the answer to, you know, business agility is, is absolutely the answer to thriving and surviving for many, many businesses. As Nidhi said, not all businesses. It's not right for all businesses and the mechanics of businesses, for sure. And I think we've got to get our heads around that. You know, it's not binary. It's not agile or it's agile and in many cases. So a long way to go. And I'm going to keep on the journey of, of effecting changes as long as I can. An ever evolving, an ever evolving thing, and I'm sure from from Niddy's comment earlier, I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years if I'm doing podcasts with uh, with one of her children, given uh, uh, <laughs> given some of the comments a little bit earlier, and uh, obviously completely at the forefront of that. Um, Niddy, John, thank you so so much for your time. Um, I certainly have learned a lot. 
I'm sure any of our audience that will be listening to this will all suddenly learn a lot. And, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and, and opinions today. I would like to just ensure to our listeners that today's opinions are based of the opinion of the individuals and not necessarily of their current or previous employees. I think that's important to come across. And um, I wish you a good afternoon both.